Welcome back to another edition of the Your... Par for the Court podcast. It is Friday, Saturday, December 30th. Friday, Saturday. Um, and Par for the Court is back after a brief hiatus. Like some, a six some day call it hiatus. Um, six days. Yeah, there was a contract dispute. I don't want to get into that stuff, but you know, we sorted it all out. We have a new <clears> manager. You want to tell him his, tell him, tell him his name? Bartholomew. Just kidding. We just call him Bart. He's very poignant. Big Bart. Shout out to him. Skinny guy, Big Bart. Yeah. One of those oxymorons, I think you call it. You might give a deep breath and he might just fall over. Maybe just a whoosh. There goes Bart. The opposite of the big bad wolf, some might say. Bart can't live in southern states because any tornado. He's done. He's done. He's done. Basement, whatever. He's getting snatched up. He's tall. Bart and Mifflin are tall. Both tall men. But skinny. Like, this is a basketball podcast. Let's get into the episode. So today we're going to be discussing Let's go. everyone's favorite topic. Let's try it again. The Detroit Let's Pistons. Let's go. And then we're going to get into for two. three worries and three wows. Oh, wow. Are Let's you ready? go. Are you ready? Instead of three times. Let's go. No. Let's go. It's par for the court podcast. All right. All right. Today's headline, the Pistons are bad. Um, Last night, they tied the absolute record for most losses in a row, they had already tied and beaten the record for most losses in a row during a season. But the 2014, uh, 15, and 15, 16 Sixers uh, lost 28 games in a row over the span of two seasons. Talk about bad company, Cole. Yeah. So in their last game, the Pistons fell in overtime to the number one seed in the East, the Boston Celtics, setting, as I said, a new record yet again for most losses in a row. Um, now, what's troubling about this is that. This puts them in the same category with the likes of the 2013 Sixers, a team that from top to bottom wanted so badly to just lose games. They were so bad when the Sixers finally made the playoffs in 2017, there was not a single remaining player from that team on roster. You then look at another team that they're in the same category of, the 2010-11 Cavaliers, who, as we all know in the offseason, Lost LeBron James. Big loss. So, can you really blame them for being that bad? Now, let's compare and contrast the Detroit Pistons of today to those two teams. Well, I feel um, like they need to like invest more in coaching and like get better in that aspect. Bro. You might think that, but did you know they have the second highest paid coach in the entire NBA? One of the most highest paid coaches in all of sports. Did you well, know that? I mean, well, he's got to be like... Over the hill, like, he, he's probably lost a locker room. He's been there for too long. He's very, very fresh, actually. Very, very, no. he's, a, he's a very, so, by all accounts, these teams are, you look at the Pistons, they're not similar to these teams in a lot of ways, but, sadly, record-wise, they are. Now, you ask, did the Pistons intend to lose this season? Did they? No. No. In fact, by all accounts, they had all the intention and all the anticipation of being in contention for a playoff play-in spot. 
That's what everyone's saying. So bad. Like, the owner, after the, uh, the sell the team chance, held a Zoom meeting with beat writers. How often have you heard of an owner holding a Zoom meeting press uh, conference with beat writers? In you the don't middle see of the season? it. You, you don't, don't see that ever. But he, he straight up said, he was like, hey, guys, this is not what we expected. All right? I'm, I'm sorry. He also, my favorite part of that Zoom meeting was he said, major changes are coming, but it won't be the coach or the GM. So what, what, that, what, does that what mean? major changes are going to come from that? Um, now, uh, the other team I, I, I saw, the Cavaliers, they lost their most valuable player, right? So did the, did the Pistons lose anyone this offseason? Did they get a lot worse this offseason? Cole, I hope you're sitting down for this one. They gained Kane Cunningham off of injury. No, they got Kane Cunningham off of injury. Yeah. They Kane, added James Wiseman. They got, they got Wiseman. They added two quote-unquote Win now, veterans with uh, Monte Morris and Joe Harris. Who we don't know about Boyan. Well, obviously, they already had him. Um, they, they get healthier, like like you said, with Boyan and and Cade. Um, they High add draft pick in the they Thompson. A, they had a lottery pick in the Thompson twin, who I believe is a man. Asar. Asar. It's one of them. We all know it's one of them. It's Asar. Okay. Um, yeah, their young guys get another offseason under their belt, and the second highest paid coach in all of basketball gets an offseason to strategize, to build rotations, to overall get things together for his team. And yet, they sit at two wins and have now lost 28 consecutive games. I think it's more two and one start, by the way, which is even tougher. That was very rough. Very, very uh, it's rough. it's more confusing than anything in today's NBA of high volume three point shooting. You would think one night they shoot forty seven percent from three and their opponent shoots twenty, and they kind of just like get a win. It's like, well, the other team really didn't have it tonight, and we kind of just won, kind of slipped past them. But it's just not happening. Yeah. Sadly, the Pistons are at twenty ninth in three point percentage. Um, they are not built as a team that can outshoot you. They're Two best shooters, quote-unquote shooters, are Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, Alec Burks loves taking bad shots. And Boyan Bogdanovich, some say he has never made a meaningful three in his entire Detroit Pistons career. And when I say that, I mean he likes to make shots during blowouts. Yeah. Um, he does not like to make shots generally in crunch time situations and close games. Um, I'm also not sure... People have said this over and over again, but the, the two big lineup, it's not bringing them an advantage whatsoever. You play two bigs to bring an advantage, it doesn't help them at all. Yeah, like when they run that two big lineup, the They're whole both, thing is Isaiah Stewart is on the perimeter shooting threes right. and trying to dribble the ball and attack. But do you want that? No. Do you really want that? Like the most similar thing I can think of with this situation is when uh, Precious Tachua went to the Raptors and they tried to make him a four. Oh, yeah, when all of them brought the ball up, that was a good idea. Yeah, when it was like anyone get the rebound and bring it up. And that ended up going horribly. Um, But, you know, just an idea that a coach has, it's going to get beaten to death until it's finally, okay, maybe this doesn't work. And no one can tell him that it won't work except for him. Now, let's... Let's go in more on uh, him, Monty Williams. Um, so, as this losing streak has went on, a lot like a lot of other NBA fans, I decided, you know what? 
I'm gonna watch these guys, yeah, and see my thoughts. See really why really get to the they are so bad. Um, one of the games I got up, we, both of us got extremely excited for was the Jazz game. Yeah, where they had five rotation guys out. I think they played like eight. It was it was the easiest win opportunity, personally as an NBA fan, I've ever seen in my entire life. The Jazz already don't really want to win that bad. And and they were missing a ton of players, a ton of meaningful players. Oh, yeah. I quite literally saw what was, like, the most poorly coached team I've ever seen as an NBA fan. I mean, defensively, these guys are just getting completely out of sorts off of, like, a dribble handoff. Those are things it's, that... You can't have a dribble handoff just into a wide-open three. It doesn't, like... No, or not, a dribble handoff into a layup. Yeah. These guys don't know what they're doing no. on these simple, simple actions. Offensively, I mean, it's honestly hilarious, the combination of guys that he puts out there. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. And the amount of times... Dude, I thought Killian Hayes. I thought, I thought he was going to be a good player. I really, really did. Wrong. Dude, he, like, over the past three Pistons games I've watched, I've seen him end a shot clock, tell everyone, nah, get out of the way, I'm going to create. And you know, what, you know what multiple of those have ended with? What's that, Cole? Him losing the ball and then getting trapped and then just throwing it in the air. Yeah, you and then know, it's a horrible turnover, a shot clock violation, or just like off, just a shot of him that hits the backboard. Announcers are like game announcers, in-game announcers, supposed to be objective and kind of just analyze and talk about the game. Killian Hayes was getting laughed at by Brian Scalabrine and uh, okay. Heinsohn last night. Also, Heinsohn has passed away. It's not Heinsohn anymore. Who is it? R.I.P. I don't know their play-by-play guy. I know Scalabrine is, Scalabrine. is the uh, analyst. but Yeah, but... Um, on it, that broadcast is one of the worst broadcasts over the entire NBA. They are the least objective broadcast in the entire league, and it's that's known. But well, at this yeah, point, you kind of have like they have to have some fans with a Celt. Yeah, because Celt. Okay, I'm not going to go down this rabbit. Oh, I thought talking. you were talking about the Pistons broadcast. No, I'm talking about the Celtics broadcast. Oh yeah, it's pretty um, crazy. But. Yeah, but yeah, it's honestly insane. And then uh, Mike, Mike Mike Gorman. Shout out Mike play. Gorman. Shout out uh, NBA broadcasting legend. We all know. Um, my number one gripe as far as Monty Williams rotations is none other than Isaiah Livers, who, can I ask you a question? Sure. Can you tell me something he's good at? Please. He's do I mean, he's good at basketball overall. He's in the NBA. For an, for an NBA player, what's he good at? Isaiah Livers. Shooting a three? No. No, he's not. In fact, he shoots. No, you think he might be good because he's a decent enough athlete at his size and wingspan, but no, he's not a good defender. Any other ideas of what he's good at? Driving the ball. No, he's not. He's a very poor decision maker off the What off about the passing? So if, no, no, he's not good at passing. All right, That's, well. So the, then let me ask you this question. Why the hell? Is he playing crunch time fourth quarter minutes and then playing most of overtime, if not all of it, in their most important game of the season? When I say that, I mean their last game, because now at this point, every single game they play is the most important game of the season. It's the Super Bowl. 
So much more so considering they were in overtime with the Celtics. Yeah, yeah Isaiah Livers is in there. He's playing 20 minutes a game, 30% from the field, 24 from three. Oh, Lord. 60 from the line. Oh, my gosh. Two rebounds a game. Mm. One assist, half a steal, two fouls. You cannot average that playing 20 minutes a game. You just can't. Now, let me ask you this question. All right. Ax it. He must have, like, a big salary or he was a lottery pick. That's why they're so invested in him, right? Wrong. No. He has, he has zero pedigree whatsoever. And yet, he's playing this guy over the Thompson twin, who was their lottery pick, who, by all accounts, everyone, you know what is celebrated on teams that are poor? Effort. Yeah. Good defenders. Guys that give it, all, give it their all. Hey, at least he's doing this. Hey, you know what? He, he might not be winning that many games. He might, make, he, might, he might not make that many shots, but damn it, he gives it his all. Hey, man, he's sticking to it. Bro, Thompson goes out there and gives it his best. Yeah. He rebounds the shit of the ball. Overtime Elite taught him that. He defends it as well as he can. Yep, they teach that at Overtime Elite, too. He might be the worst jump shooter in the entire NBA. They don't teach that there. By, if you base it on accuracy, even of misses, because he has some bad misses. But... He's given you a hell of a lot more than Isaiah Livers is. Because guess what? Both of them are going to miss open threes regardless. They're going to miss them. But which one of them is going to give you the chance of rebounding the ball, finishing defensive possessions, guarding on the ball? Thompson. Um, yeah. Alec Burks, I would also say uh, stop playing him so much. Honestly, why not try Joe Harris again? But Why is Joe Harris not playing? Just because? Monty Williams doesn't like him. And really? you, you might ask me why Killian Hayes is playing because Monty Williams loves him. He wants Monty, Monty Williams wants Killian Hayes to marry his uh, um, potential daughter. I don't I know if he has are, a daughter. They or not. are getting married. That's why he's playing so much. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. No, nah, the amount of times I heard, dude, like Monty Sar- Williams. Sarah Thompson's twenty-five minutes a game, by the way. More than still. Lives. Okay, why not thirty-three? He's a he's thirty-three young. is so much. Thirty-three is not that much. Thirty-three minutes a game. Pipe down. He's an NBA player. 33 minutes, he's four young, days a week? He's a young guy. He's an NBA player. No. He can do it. No. Okay. Um, we'll still play him in overtime. Um, oh, okay. Monty Williams, as a, who was heralded as one of the best coaches in basketball, I trusted his words in the, um, the preseason. And a lot of times when coaches are speaking, where there's smoke, there's fire. And in the preseason, by all accounts – Monty Williams was saying that Killian Hayes looks really good. He's really promising. He's someone that can truly be a, a piece of value to this franchise. He may have looked like that in the preseason. In training. I mean, maybe. but Maybe when the lights come on, he just can't put it all together. I mean, that's also possible, but I was just expecting a lot. You also you can't completely blame Monty Williams. Obviously, he hasn't done a great job, but you never know – what's going on above him, what's going on behind the scenes, knowing what we know from being inside of high-level basketball, you don't know what's going on. You never do. I mean, that's fair. You don't know if he's being told to play guys. He, he just came in. He inherited this team for the most part. Like, Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, um, I heard a uh, conspiracy theory that I, I don't believe in for a second, but this guy said, 
maybe his rotations are this bad because he wants to show the front office just how bad this roster actually is. It's a bad roster. It is. It is if a bad roster. You go down the line, but this is a very bad, poorly put together roster. It's not 2010 Cavs bad. It's not process Sixers bad. It is – I mean, quite literally, I thought this team was going to be playing potential. Like, I really did. I really What did. made you say that? Okay, I saw a team with defensive versatility. I saw a team that was going to play hard. I saw a team that was getting back. Can you explain the defensive versatility part? Because I'm not seeing it when I'm going down this roster. Okay. Um, Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran both can move well. Yeah, they're um, both in drop coverage, not really playing defense. So go on. Okay. The, the theory was there. I'm not talking about the body of work. I'm talking about before the season happened. I, okay. From what I knew about Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart. Who are I, they switching with? One of the five point guards that they have? I didn't say they were going to switch everything. I just, I just said they were, those are two big guys that can not only guard bigs but are mobile and can do things um, perimeter defensively as well. So I that's saw two guys. You, yep, keep that going. was the only reason. Keep going, okay. keep going. I'm, okay. I want to hear this. but I, I saw Kate Cunningham, who is a tall, strong point guard. Three guys. Bro, why are you – I'm just counting. Why don't you let – okay. Listen, I'm listening. Um, we all knew the Thompsons when they got – he was heralded as the better defender. He was heralded as a very athletic and very just uh, menacing defender. Okay. And then you see their um, defensive versatile wings. In go on. Yeah, go on. Keep going with this one. Isaiah Livers. Wow. Okay. Um, who I thought was going to be better this season. So called new role this year. Five guys on the court. Yeah, I, I named five guys. I named so give me your lineup again. Okay, Cade. Okay, good player. Thompson, Isaiah Livers, and Darren Stewart. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, doesn't that lineup play together a lot? No. No? Chase, again, I, I, this was before the season started. Not to mention, you got Bagley and Wiseman who, I mean, at least coming out of college— Oh, these what guys can be anchors. You remember the defense. story in the beginning of the year that they were fighting, they were for, fighting one spot, for and they the weren't going to play together. Yeah, whereas Bagley hasn't just, played at all the past like three games. One just wasn't going to play, and it's just a lie now. Yeah, that was a false narrative, as they say. That was insane. Like I loved that. That was a very like it was important. talked about storyline. It's like it was important. Whoa, the Pistons have a big man battle going on. It's like nobody <laughs> gives a fuck. Like. Who I mean, cares? I, I knew some guys that cared. I actually cared. I, was I just really laughed at the headline. I was like, I was excited. I just want to see where this goes to see where the story goes, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I'll take that back. I cared, but it didn't matter. Yeah. So let's look to the future. Wait, wait, wait. Can we take a, can we take a guess on who they beat? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll, okay, so their next five, Toronto. Toronto tomorrow, home, at Houston, at Utah, at Golden State, at Denver, at home against Sacramento, home against Houston, home against San Antonio. Dude, I'm going to say the Raptors. Tomorrow? Yes. The Raptors do play tonight. I'm going on record. Who do they play tonight? The Raptors play the uh, – I forget who they play tonight. Um, they play – Either way. Oh, no, they play Celtics. They play the Celtics. Yes, they do. I, I am saying 
that the Pistons will beat the Raptors. I like that tomorrow night. Because um, like after that, they don't have another win until the Spurs. You don't know that they almost beat the Celtics. No, they're not beating any of these teams. Why? Houston, Houston plays hard. Utah already has their number. We've seen that. <laughs> Golden State, no. Denver, no. Sacramento, no. San Antonio, they got a chance. Well, other than that, we're waiting until MLK Day, the battle in the capital. Oh, I'm going to be there. Are you? I'm going to that game. Interesting. MLK Day, Wizards-Pistons. If you're not there, you're a loser. Where are you if you're not there? If you're not, if you're not at Wizards-Pistons, MLK Day, like what? What are you really doing? I don't even know what you care about as a person if you're not the if you're not, you know, core value. Where is your moral compass Pistons, if Wizards you're not game. at Wizards Pistons? I was just at Wizards Magic game. It was the time of a of a lifetime. This is the place to be. I Isn't I this great. I sat down in the middle of watching Wizards Magic in this. It was the second quarter, and I remember it vividly. I was like, wow, I am so lucky to be at this game right now as a fan of basketball, seeing these teams compete. You know what, Cole? Hmm. They didn't play much defense that game. No, they didn't. No. But they had a good time on the court. I'm sure they did. There was, it was, there was some Bulls smiles out there. Out there. Spinning around. Short aside, one of my favorite in-person moments watching NBA basketball, Gary Harris over-pursued Jordan Poole on an inbounds pass, and Jordan Poole caught it and immediately spun off him and left Gary Harris in the dust. And as he was dribbling up the court, Jordan Poole was vividly smiling and laughing at Gary Harris. Laughing like a little schoolgirl. And then I said out loud, I would bet a zillion bajillion dollars that Jordan Poole does not pass at this possession and puts up a crazy shot. He didn't and pass it. And it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you wanted to get into this segment, Cole? Yeah. Do you have any more? Anything else you want to say? Um, I think they win on MLK Day. I think, no, the Wizards, the juggernaut Wizards with the four wins? Yes, they, because they it's, have, it's the storyline. Kuz just tweeted at them. I think they keep losing. No, MLK Kuz Day. is backing that up. No, I'm, the, the Wizards are winning that game for sure. It's going to be MLK Day or it's the Spurs. That's I guess. will assure you the Wizards beat the Spurs. Um, okay. Um, yeah, why don't we get into three worries, three wows. Mm. Uh, Excuse me. Um Yo, stop. Excuse me. Before we get into that, I would like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor for today's podcast, Corgis. If you're looking to buy a new dog, consider Corgis. They're small, they're fun, they're fluffy, they're affordable. One of the most affordable dog breeds in the world. They're a companion, they're good for friendships, they're good for walks, they're good for laughs. You know what they're good for? Having a good time and adding a new family member. If you would like your own Corgi, contact 1-800-CORGIS. 1-800-C-O-R-G-I-apostrophe-S. Corgis. Use code WOOFWOOF for 15% off the darkest beige colored Corgi. You know, if I was buying a Corgi, you know what I'd name him? What's that? Gorgie Dang. Oh, I like that. Hey. What that's, about? That's a nice Corgi. What is his, what's his name? Gorgie. What about a corgi name like? Great 3 and D center. Yeah, yeah. Doug. Doug who? Just Doug. That's his name, Cor- Doug the Corgi? Yeah. Oh, that's a good name. 1-800-CORGIS. Is it Corgi or Corgi? I know it is Corgi, but no, I, don't think I think you're that. thinking of Gorgi Dang. 
1-800-CORGIES. Use code WOOF WOOF for a dark beige. Okay, we'll agree to disagree, but if we get less money off that ad read because you mispronounced it. 1-800-CORGIES. Okay, that's better. It's just you split the difference there. WOOF WOOF for a dark beige, 15% off. All right. I would like you to start us off with... Would you like me to wow you or worry you? Um, you know what? Let's end on a positive note. Let's get into some worries. Are we going to alternate or are we just going to worry or ch- worry ourselves and then wow ourselves? No, we're going we're gonna to go all in on worrying and then we're just going to be really impressed. Okay. All right. Okay, go. Okay, Cole. I'm going to talk about a team out west that I'm worried about, that I've been worried about. I bet I know what this one is. Oh, yeah? You want to say it on four? Yep. One, two, four, sons. Lakers. Okay, go on. You didn't, see, you didn't expect me to skip three there, did you? Mm-mm, I didn't. All right. Cole, let's talk about the Suns. Mm-hmm. We went into the year saying, okay, cool. They got a pretty good top four. They got Kevin Durant. They got Devin Booker. They got Bradley Beal. They got Nurkic. Cole, what is the problem with those four players? What has been the problem with those four players? I don't even know if all four of them have played together one time. They can't stay healthy. You're right. You know how many times they have played together? All four of them? Yeah. This is a trick question. I know... I know the, the big three has played together, I think, once or twice. Dose of times. All four of them played twice? I know the big three have played dose times. Okay, then the big four has played one or none. Probably that. I haven't looked that up. Okay, that's hard. But going on. We talked about this before the season, me and you on this podcast, saying, hey, what's the deal here? They got four guys taking up a lot of the cap space. Four guys that don't play very consistently. Uh, this has proven to be a problem. Kevin Durant is pretty much the only one that's consistently been in the lineup, has consistently been productive, which is kind of the storyline of his career and is it, there's too much on his plate at this point in time. Uh, because of this, they're 10th in the West, 13th in offensive rating, 18th in defensive rating, and it's, it's not working as we kind of expected it to be. I personally expected it to work, but I didn't expect this poor injury season. Bradley Beal played preseason games. You know how rare it is to play preseason games and then miss this many games with nagging injuries? Rare, I guess. Rare. He's also just gotten really unlucky. I mean, he comes back and he comes off a pin down, gets the catch, rises up for a three, and lands on somebody's foot. Ankle. Snap. That's just pop. I mean, hey, and guess what? He's coming back, I believe, is it next game, right? I believe so, yeah. I mean, you know, we shall see. But, okay, while we're on the Suns, you know what i got to bring up? What's that? The report that Kevin Durant is fed up and unhappy with the situation. Why are you saying it like that? I want you to decide, ask yourself, why am I saying that? Because he forced his way there? He quite literally has handpicked every single situation he's been in for his entire career past right, the Right, he picked to play with them. No, bro, the, I don't yeah, care. Did. This is the gamble you take when you're playing with a team like this. I guess. If you are so heavily reliant on your top three players, then you have to gamble with the fact that, hey, one or, one or two of them might have a couple injuries and they might miss some time, and I might have to strain in those games. KD is... What's, just, what's strain? Good joke. 
What do you want me to say to that? Is it Kate, an unusual effort? Strain is an unusual effort. Okay. Didn't know. And I don't think KD mentally is giving unusual effort. I think he's just like, like man, I, bro, he quite literally wants the perfect backs basketball situation with insane star players on his side, super hard-playing role players that can make shots and play defense. He wants a coach that he's absolutely in love with. He wants a city that is fun to live in. And he wants, I don't even know, good food and uh, good, good nightlife. Weed. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask, Chase? Yes, think- it is. Yes, it is too much to ask for. Good star players, great role players, amazing coach. Good, yes, it's too much to ask for. You cannot have it all. I mean, he did have it all in Golden State. Then he should have stayed. Honestly, no, I'm not. Even, I was gonna say, I would. It would have been better for him to stay and quit the quit the bitching, but I would have been sad as an NBA fan. Cause yeah, it is. That I mean, it's hard to like be able to play with anything different once you have played with that. It's more frustrating than anything. It's like, damn. Like, I was on this great team. I know it can be done, and it hasn't been done for him in five years. Tell you what, you know who um, this entire Kevin Durant saga makes look good? Makes look good, okay. You know what player comes out of this Kevin Durant saga looking good? Who? LeBron James. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, LeBron James and Heat culture. Because this just goes to show you, you simply cannot just – Put three star players together and win championships. It just doesn't happen. It just does not happen. I mean, the Heat had way better role players than the Suns team does. Um, they were quite literally in the exact same financial situation. They just did better due diligence and developed their players better. Rashard Lewis, Mike Miller, Raw Alice, Bull Bull, TJ Stop Warren. Stop it. Stop it. Eric Gordon. No, no. Okay, Eric Gordon, maybe. Josh Okoji, campaign. Stop it. Stop it. Campaign's on the Bucks. Shemezi Metu. Stop it. Right. Yusuf Nurkic. Not a role player. Dude, you can say names all you want, but it's, it's all about the, the team makeup around them that truly makes role players shine or crumble. And the Heat did it right. This is bias. It's, yo, it's literally not. How is it, dude, the Heat had the exact same money, if not less, to play with than the Suns do right now. Why can't? It's not the same because they don't have the best player in the world and one of the best players of the 2010s. Two of the best players of the 2010s. Yeah, that. Well, more so 2000s and Chris Bosh. 2000, like 2005 to 15, I guess. Yeah. But, no, it's just. It's a good basketball situation, and the Heat culture made it that way. How did this get to the Heat? We're talking about the Suns. All right, I'm no, saying uh, the, the Heat. Like everything. Okay, goes but back o- to over the fucking well, Heat and LeBron James. But yeah, well, he, okay, yeah. Every single team he's ahead. every team he's gone to, he's won a championship with. KD can't say the same because he's not on that level. Nobody ever said he was. Some say. All right, let's no. get to the next worry. My worry. My first worry. Okay. Are you ready? Sure. It is a player that had um, MVP expectations going into this season and has been one of the league's most inconsistent players in the entire NBA. 
You know who that person is? Who is it? Jason Tatum. All right. Yeah, worry me more. He is who is supposed to be the leader, the best player on the Boston Celtics, the number one team in the East. And yet, he has been just doing absolutely mediocre in this past 15, 10-game stretch. And hey, guess where, what? People, where, people where are, are not going to— Number one. Okay. Why don't you let me get into my case? Okay, go. That now, it, this stuff is not going to come up because the rest of the team is just absolutely covering for him. Derek White, been their most consistent, most like solidly and consistently good player on roster. Um, you got Chris Apps, um, he's dealt with a, li- a little bit of injuries recently, but he has been one of their most consistent players. Um, Jalen Brown has been, you know, Jalen Brown, but Tatum, he's averaging over the past 10 games 25 points on 20.5 shot attempts a game. You know what I call that? Poor. Over the past 10 games, he is averaging nine three-point attempts a game and two makes. You know what I call that? Very, very poor. I have seen him shoot more contested deep threes and contested mid-range shots than any other player in the entire NBA. Tatum is in the top 30% of players that shoot off-the-dribble three-point attempts. Do you know where he ranks in that uh, group, as far as um, makes uh, on off the dribble three point attempts, where like dead last, that is atrocious. And you know what that tells you? Maybe you shoot a little less. In last night's Pistons game, I quite literally I, I witnessed he he didn't want to have Isaiah Livers on him. Isaiah Livers is on him, right? So he gets the ball First screen. Defender. He gets that's right. He gets the ball screen. From, um, I forget whose man, it, uh, James Wiseman was guarding the screener. I think he it gets, was Lamar Stevens. He is not on the team. Yes, he is. On the Pistons? He's on the Celtics. No, I'm not talking about that. Um, he, gets, he gets the switch. Usually if you get a screen, it's from a teammate, but go on. Stop talking. He gets the switch on a James, he gets the switch on a James Wiseman. Um, a player who is not a good perimeter defender by all accounts. A player who, if... Tatum were to get him off the dribble, probably have an extremely high success rate. But you know what you cannot deny about James Wiseman? He's tall and long paws. Wiseman is all up in his grill. He's got a high hand. Tatum does a side jab, a side jab. Wiseman does not move an inch and continues to have his seven-foot-something wingspan in Tatum's face. And you know what Tatum did next? What? He shot it without dribbling, without doing anything, with Wiseman in his face. And did he make it? No. We saw him with the ball in his hands, with the chance to win the game in regulation for the Pistons uh, last night. Did he win the game? No. He shot a contested jump shot that missed badly. I question, what's it going to be like in the playoffs when it's time to make a shot to win the game. Because it has to go to Tatum. It will go to Tatum. because no, it doesn't have to go to Tatum. They went to Marcus Smart last year against the Heat. That was because Marcus Smart got the ball and he decided to shoot the ball. Uh, what I'm saying is... It doesn't play, have to go to Tatum. The plays are going to be drawn up for Tatum. And if you don't think How that... Do you know? Then I ask you, why on earth was it drawn up for Tatum when he was having the worst game of the big three last night? Of, I'm sorry, the big four. Holiday, 
uh, White and Chris Epps all having far better games than him last night. And yet, the play is drawn up for Tatum to get the ISO. <laughs> How is it a big forward and just named everybody and not Jalen Brown and Tatum? Jalen Brown wasn't playing. Okay, you're saying for that game, the big four. For that game. The big four gets the Pistons. <laughs> People do call that the Pistons big four. <laughs> okay, but why did the ball go to Tatum if he was having the worst game? Because he's the leader, because he's player number one. He's the number one option. You know what led first take today? Oh. <laughs> Who had the worst game on the Celtics out of the big four? In parentheses, Pistons big four. <laughs> okay. That led first take. <laughs> big four against the Pistons. The Pistons big four. Oh, yeah, but Tatum shoots a horrible shot. And misses. There's going to be a 30 for 30, the big four that took down the Pistons. <laughs> All I'm saying is I have witnessed Tatum be a horrible crunch time player the past like several years, and I'm not seeing any change. And what I think personally is that as a fan of a team that is in direct contention against the Boston Celtics, as long as Tatum is at the helm – I'm not scared because I know when it comes down to it, they're probably not going to ha- make a good shot to win a game. And if it's close, I- I'm taking other players over him. Look at the Warriors game, dude. Okay, okay, okay. This this is a worry by you. I, I'm not worried about it. They're number one in the NBA. They have one of the best starting fives in the history of basketball. Did I say I was worried about the Celtics? Right, but it, it's not the Boston Jason Tatum's. It's the Boston Celtics. I said I was worried about Tatum. I don't give a fuck. All right. It's not fair. A, That's like, fair. Is I'm, he a detriment to the team? Some might say. No, he's not. You know what's not good? 25 points on 20 shot attempts a game. Yeah, he's a plus seven on the year. Yeah, it's freak. Dude, I bet you uh, Nemius Kata's plus minus is higher than that. No, he's not. I, I, I challenge you to look that up. Hold, please. Riff while I look for this. Okay, uh, so, everybody, how about them uh, How about them Ravens? Huh? Shout out to the Ravens. You know, the other night at the Wizards game, I got you. Ha! At. Hold on, wait. Exactly. Other Keep talking at, Ravens. other night at the Wizards game, I got my fuck you, plus four, Nemus Kata. And Tatum's a plus seven? Plus eight. That's, that's a menial Double. difference. That's a menial difference. Very menial difference. No, it's not. It's four points. No. Drew Holiday, plus seven. No. Yeah, I'm looking at it. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. This is a terrible podcast. I'm just going Either from way. player to player. All right. Um... All right, yeah, let's, let's get in. My, you know my end of this, I'm not worried, by the way, higher than Jalen Browns, but whatever. All right, cool. It's a team, I think, if this continues to be an issue and it's the only issue of the Celtics, they will figure it out. They're the best fucking team in the league. They have been all year. Record-wise, record-wise they are. They're the best team in the league. They're that, the best team in basketball. That almost lost the Pistons last night. They're the best team in the league. Record-wise. Bro, the, the Pistons' big four is not built – Record wise. For the Pistons. Stop Record it. Record wise. Stop it. It's such you know bias. I'm, it's so biased. It all goes back to the Heat. It's bias. You think they're all racist. It's bias. You know what? 
Let's, They're the best team in basketball, record-wise. Let's get into uh, you know what? Let's get into a wow. I've changed my mind. What are you just switching up? No, give no. me give me a wow, Chase. Wow, uh, the Thunder. Wow, <laughs> wow. Talk about that. Talk about the Thunder. Talk, why why do they wow you? You want another wow? You want me to wow you more about the Thunder? No, I want I want to be wowed about the Thunder. The Thunder, twenty and nine. Wow, wow. That's a good record. Third in the West. Wow. <laughs> we knew that they would wow us this year. But we didn't know how much they would wow us. On I'm, a scale of wow to wow, how, how much have the Thunder wowed you this year? Wow. Whoa, that's like. That's high. That's a high wow. That's high. They are extremely ahead of schedule. That's for damn sure. I, I'd say. My number one thing that uh, wows me about the Thunder, um, they, it, it wows me so much that I had this guy on I my wow like sheet. I feel like we're killing headphone users, are we? <laughs> Do you know what player was on my wow sheet? Who? Um, uh, I, I, some say some would call him a rookie in Jet Holmgren. Wow. wow! This is a guy. No more screaming! Wow! That is averaging over three blocks a game. He's the rookie of the year. He. If anybody says any anything otherwise, their basketball opinion is not valued. I mean, if he's not a rookie though, who's rookie of the year? If he's not technically, if he's you know. Scoot Henderson says he's the rookie. No, of the year. no, 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 no. If, let's. I want to hear if 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 Jets out of the equation. He's like not a rookie. Who's your rookie of the year? I mean, who who would win it if Jets out who, of it? No, 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 no. Who who do you think is rookie of the year if Jets out of it? I don't want to give you the satisfaction. <laughs> you Cole just, wants me to say Hami Hawkins. Yeah, but I'm not. Oh my! All right, so dude, Jet. I want Henderson. <laughs> Shut up! All right, dude. Jet is shooting. Um, fuck. I'm about to get this stat wrong, I think. He's either shooting, no, he's shooting four three-pointers a game. You can't bring a stat in and go, it's either this or that. It's not a <laughs> stat then. All right, all right. Jet is shooting. This is terrible. All right, so the Ravens. <laughs> Find your thing. We're rusty right now. Eleven and three. Oh my god. They're the Super Bowl favorite. I don't give a fuck Dude, anybody. Yeah. Okay. Jets, Cole found it. Just shooting four point six threes a game on thirty nine percent shooting. You know how many how hang much, pulls? A lot of hang pulls. Do you know how valuable that is for a player that is your defensive anchor to be shooting that well from three? Like it's like a young Chris Dapps. Let's think about this. How big of an advantage is it to have a five that is a good shooter, regardless of how good they are at defense? It's a big advantage. Big advantage. Because he's a rebounder on the, on, on the defensive end, and on the offensive end, he's a floor spacer. Some say that's why the Wizards never got over the hump with Nene. <laughs> that's right. But then you think about the fact that he's your defensive anchor, and you're like, wow, yeah. that's, that's valuable. But then you think about the fact that not only can he do that, but he can create for himself off the dribble, both attacking the rim and getting into pull-up jumpers and getting post-ups on smaller guys and is a lob threat. You're like, wow, that's insane. And you think, wait, and it yet, is his second year in the league. It's sort of. But then you have Kaysan Wallace, who is also a rookie. How is that the second player you bring up on the Thunder? Because it's like the most impressive part of the Thunder. They, they have two quote-unquote rookies that are top five in rookie of the year voting right now. It's insane. He's shooting like 45% on threes. Now, 
He's only shooting two a game. Yeah, because of all Tatum's contested mid-range, he's fifth in the rookie of the year race. Tatum? Yeah. I mean, he's only 19. You got to give him credit. He's only 19. But like all the contested mid-range, he's fifth in the he's rookie of the year some, race. Yeah. So. Dude, he's, he's not, what do you want? He's 19 years old. Hawk is sixth. Hawk, okay. Okay. I, you can't, you, you know get, what? You get mad at jokes about the heat. Okay, you know what? You get mad at jokes about rookie the heat. Rookie of the year ladder. Rookie of the ladder. Ready? Cole Number was, one. Cole wait, was, wait, wait. Number one, Jet. Number two, Jaime, number three, Faison Wallace, number four, Duop Reef, number five, <laughs> Wet Bananas. Duop Reef. <laughs> you don't like Duop Reef? No. Dude, he's a good free throw <laughs> Stop. You know what? You never believed in Duop Reef from the jump. When the Blazers started him, when Aiton was out, you were like, well, automatic done at the five spot. If you're no. not a Duop Reef fan now. Don't talk to me when he's all third team defense. <laughs> I tell you, years. I tell you what. If you got a list, write this name down: Duop Reith on the Portland Trail Blazers. He's a guy you want to know about. Write, write this down. <laughs> if you got a list, Duop Reith better be on it. Hey, can I give you a worry? That kind of intertwines with this Thunder talk. Yeah, go right ahead. Can we talk trade deadline Thunder? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, you know who... Let the good times roll or make a move. Well, I am going to say the name that Let's risk it all, Jeff. Jerry. I'm going to say the name that every single single potential, like, oh, I've considered myself an NBA fan... They should go after, it's which, as we name. all know, it's Laurie Markkinen. Yeah, it's one name. Um, There's no the, other name out you there can that s- works. You can say a lot of na- things about the Thunder. One thing you cannot say is that they're a great defensive rebounding team. One thing you cannot say is that they're very tall, and this would help with both of those things. That is the thing that people say about the Thunder, not very tall. <laughs> There's two things you cannot say about Thunder. They're very tall, and they're good at defensive rebounding because they're not of either of those. Um, but the thing about it is, do the Jazz want to trade him? No. He's not untouchable. Yeah, but he's that's they, been said. But they don't want to trade him. You know, what's their what's their motivation? No, that's to trade the last I, I don't think it is, but also is um is that Danny Ainge of the Jazz is is he a guy that just loves to say yes to deals? No, he doesn't. No. So what he's desperately hoping for by saying cuz you know he put that out there. He did if that wouldn't have came out if he didn't want it to come out. Um when he said they're not untouchable. That meant he wanted a team to come in at the deadline looking to make the big splash and it's make gonna themselves be, contenders and give him a blow-away deal. Yeah, it's going to have to be five picks. It would I have think. to be. Kaysan Wallace would have to be in there. So I, wouldn't be con- afraid, I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Kitty was in there. Contractually, that works. Giddy. Josh Kitty. Kaysan Wallace. Kaysan Wallace. And you could throw. And then you throw in uh, uh, you could throw a big, Poku. Big Jalen Williams in there. You get their Poku. I don't even want to get rid of Big Jalen Williams. Um, Isaiah Joe works there. They don't want to get rid of Isaiah Joe. It's, okay, so it's either Poku or it's Bertans. Poku um, is too much money. Okay, then Poku you would, is the same contract as Market. Well, then so you would trade up. Then you would throw in a Chris Dunn. Straight up, the Thunder well, are giving you, up. Then too you much. would throw in a Chris Dunn. Then you would throw in a Chris Dunn, or you'd throw in I don't know a, some other okay, a Fontecchio. So then, then what you go. Okay, it's three picks, probably. It's two or three picks. I think it's four. Four picks plus Josh Kitty plus Kayson Wallace. That's, not, that's insane. That's, that's, like, that's like Gobert-level package. 
That's it would have to be three picks because Josh Kitty is. I'm saying for Ainge to say yes. Oh no, I don't think it's four picks. I think Kitty. I I think Josh Kitty, I think Kaysai Wallace, I just and I put think together that nickname. three first round picks took way too long. Yeah, I think Josh Kitty, Kaysai, and three first round picks does it. You got to add one more in there. No, you don't. Okay, I'll it's throw eleven in a million. Round. You can't. It's, it's okay. Then Poku. 17. Then Poku, and then I get Chris Dunn. I want Chris Dunn bad. You can't give me have Chris, him. give me Chris Dunn. Why would the Thunder want Chris Dunn? Okay, then give me. You get Bryce I? Sensible. That's I, I'll take Sensible. No. Okay. Who do Who do I get? You can take Taylor. No. You no. Don't get anybody. I don't. Fuck you. Please you give me somebody. No. Give me. You get Poku. He's care. fun. No. Dude, Utah will love him. He He will be loved by Utah. Dude, man. Utah would love him. Who do I get? You You, you don't. He will be the second coming of Joe Ingles. Besides the defense, take away the defense, and you'll he'll be the second coming of Joe Ingles. No. Give okay, me one so, other guy. But like in theory. If the market and trade was there, yeah, do you do it? No, I don't. I agree. I don't do it. I think you let it run. We're going to let it ride. We're not going to risk it all, Jeff, Jerry. Yeah. All right. Why don't we get into one of my wows? All right. Are you ready? Sure. He's a guy who... I have now made my MVP pick this year. He's a guy who is leading a playoff team in the West. He's a guy you had for who has made a hell no. He's a guy who's made a big so splash weird. on Jesus's birthday this year. Who is it? You Not know him. Steph you love Curry. him. It's Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic is averaging. 34, 8, and 9, including multiple 40-point games in the past three games played, All right. which is just ridiculous. He dropped what was nearly a 60 ball on Christmas Day. He almost broke Bernard's, Bernard King's record. Bernard. Um, he's playing 30, I'm sorry, he's playing 37 minutes a game, which is absolutely astounding. He is, by all accounts, carrying this team and elevating a bunch of players around him. You know who has not played this well in his entire career? Derek, Derek Jones Jr. You know who is by far exceeding their, um, their expectations already? Derek Lively. He, yeah. You know who is playing easily their best season of their entire basketball career as a whole? Dante Exum. And you know who that is large in part due to? Luka Doncic. Um, and with his running mate, Kyrie Irving, only playing yeah, half Ky- the Yeah, Kyrie's missed half the games, and they're still playing this well. Um, I really and truly see him right now as MVP frontrunner, if you were to ask me. And I would really, really hope that if they were to be a top five, top four seed, that he is at least second place. I want him to, him to be in the either him or him conversation. Personally, with Embiid, I don't see this keeping up. He's already has a bit of an injury. Um, and let's face it, that stretch was against some of the worst competition in the NBA. I'm going to have to see him play against and put up the numbers against some really good teams. Um, by the way, those refs were cheating too in a Timberwolves game. Uh, don't think I see them calls. Um, but 
Yeah, I just they were obvious fouls too, though. They were not obvious. Clear. They were they were not obvious fouls. They were not fouls. Um, I'm I'm watching the ref the, don't even got his glasses on. <laughs> I'm watching the Dallas Mavericks game. Um, Blind yeah, ass ref. <laughs> I'm watching Mavericks Cavs, and I saw Luca hit the shot to make it a three point game, and I see um, the uh, the uh, hatchback. George Niang missed two free throws. Minivan, I think, is you, you I got the wrong car. No, that's Joe Ingles. That's Joe Ingles. I'm calling George Niang the hatchback. Fun fact there, I made up the minivan nickname for Joe Ingles before I even knew Niang's real nickname was uh, Minivan. I'm calling Niang the hatchback. Um, he does look like he has a hunchback, but he yeah. doesn't. Um, I said like out loud. down, you could be like, I pegged you for a hunchback, and then he's not. I, I, I said out loud to myself in my room as I watched this game, if Luca gets a shot off, this this game could very well be the Mavs. Um, and then that's alarming that you talk to yourself that much in sentences. Boom, <laughs> boom! They double team at the top of the key. No one makes themselves available, and they lose the game. Um, but I was thinking to myself, if Luca can somehow play all forty-two, they win the game. But it's not possible. The minutes that he's off the court. Forty-two. How many? Forty-eight. Yeah. There you go. The minutes that he's off the court are just horrendous right now without Kyrie. And a half minute but, quarters. But I just, I just see what Luke is doing right now. And I'm Where do they just, play that? Bosnia and Herzegovina? <laughs> That's how you say it. Is it? You know, you know who's from there? Mario Hazanja. No, he's not. He's not. I'm, I'm joking. It was, it was a because you know you the la, the you know what I'm saying. I think he's Italian. I think that's racist because his name's Mario. No, I'm pretty sure he's Italian. I don't think so. Um, but, yeah, what do you think about Luca for MVP? Yeah, I mean, this is another thing that we talked about beginning of the year. Uh, I think I brought it up and you were against it. But I said, if they're top four in the West and he's playing how he has played, the narrative is there. MVP is a narrative-based award. Then who was my MVP pick this year? Because it wasn't Jokic. Uh, I believe it was Luca. I think I had Luca. I'm almost positive. Okay, I'm going to listen to tapes, but I think I had Luca as well. Um, yeah. But um, I think once Kyrie comes back will be the telltale sign of this, how much he co- sort of incorporates himself back into what the Mavericks are currently doing and not really having them change things. I think that will be the most important sign is if he keeps – Luca in the driver's seat and how he's playing it kind of just helps him along instead of kind of taking over more so. So I think that will be also what brings them into a higher seat. So we will see how that goes. One thing about Kyrie, I have just decided that Nikola Jokic is the real and truthful version of Kyrie. Maybe. Kyrie puts on this big front, you know, oh, I'm all spiritual, and I need, you need to get away from your phones and all this stuff. Do you think he's lying about that? I just think, I think a lot of it's a facade that he does, does his absolute best to build up. Hazonia's Croatian. I knew that. No, you didn't. Capital Croatia? Zagreb. Nobody cares. Okay. Capital Vlavia Riga. Classic. Classic. Um, oh, yeah. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you worry me here? Um, are you worried about the Cavs' future? 
Um, it's an interesting future, and if you really start to think about it, you get worried. Personally, I'm not, but why don't you tell me why you are? I don't know what they do with Donovan Mitchell coming up. Maybe at this trade deadline. Maybe in the offseason. I don't know what their team is right now and in the next five years. I personally am not worried, but if I was a Cavs fan, I'd be worried. One thing I'm seeing out of the Cavs recently is... It's a random worry for sure. Yeah. I'm seeing the Cavs... But they've been sixth in the East for three years, four years. Dude, I'm seeing the Cavs overperform right now, um, which has made me feel pretty positively about them. Um, I'm seeing them persevere through injury, which has impressed me. Um, and I'm seeing them overall just embrace, uh, hey, what we have is enough mindset. It's I'm seeing enough. Donovan. I'm, I meant like for right now, this stretch. Um, Donovan Mitchell, he's been asked many, many, many times about his re-signing, and he will never say a bad thing about the Cavs. So right now, I wouldn't rule out a re-signing of Donovan Mitchell. I really wouldn't because I do think if he were to one out, he definitely wouldn't be opposed to a trade, which is why he probably, in especially this stretch for the Cavs, he'd capitalize on um, what might be for others as a golden trade opportunity. You know, with the injuries, you know what, let's just let's call it for the season, let's tank, let's get a good pick yeah. and get him better, which honestly wouldn't be a horrible idea for the Cavaliers. But Don Mitchell's not going for that. He's looking to have a good season and – do the absolute best he can during the stretch to get them through and get them back healthy. Um, but, like, this roster's not a finals team. Well, they're really young. Um, Mobley Garland's hasn't... that young. Okay, Garland is maximum 23. Uh, Mobley is... He's older than 23. I don't think so. Mobley is maximum 21. Um, Allen Mobley is... Mobley is 22. Mobley is... I mean, um, Jared Allen is maximum 25 can't be right either i think you're wrong on all of these okay either way i'm seeing guys that oh jared allen is 25 yep garland 23 yep how old do you think lavert is 26 27 29 okay that's i i don't really see lavert as a crucial piece of their future i just wanted to quiz you although although lavert's having a good season um yeah i see this cavaliers team as a squad that, as of currently built, can't do it. Definitely not this season. Definitely not next season. But I am also extremely opposed to blowing it up in any sense of the word right now for them. Because I think you compete for as long as you can, wait for the right opportunities for trades, wait for the right opportunities for free agents, and see what you can do. So am right, I worried okay. for them? No, because they can compete so for say, a while. Say you do keep this team. Three years down the line. They keep going. They keep going. Evan Mobley's contract. You can't keep Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, and Evan Mobley. Yeah, then it's tough decision time. But I say you wait until that happens. Because right now we don't even know if Donovan Mitchell is going to resign. So, All right. Well, I mean, I just think they're not. Cavaliers, I, I think it's a, it's a sit-and-wait situation. And uh, if not, then Allen's the first piece to go because you cannot – if you've been doing it for that long, you can't commit to this dual big man lineup and just rely on creating out of the short roll every single game. Um, and 
boom, Mobley has to put on Mobley has to eat, eat some lunch and become a center. As Jokic said, eat some bad food. Yeah. So, you know. All right. All right. You ready to be wowed? Sure. You know what wows me? Sure. Eric Spolster on the Miami Heat. Oh, God damn it. It's always the Heat. I'm kidding. They're so pretty sh- wow. Should we not talk about what's been going on with them? No, talk. Talk. Okay. After starting 1-4, the Heat have been 18 and 8. Presently sitting 9 and 12, of course. Last year at this 19 time. 19 That's what I said. No, you said 9. Oh, 19 to 12. Last year at this time, they were 18 and 17. And for a team that everyone all offseason was saying was going to get just substantially worse, I am vastly impressed, especially considering how they have managed through so many injuries. All offseason. Jimmy not wanting to play in the regular season. Yeah. Literally all offseason, all everyone could talk about was how god-awful the young core was, how the young core of the Miami Heat, absolute dog shit. No one would want any of those guys. The worst trade package in the history of the league. Oh, my gosh. Look at those fucking idiots in Miami thinking their young guys are decent at Name all. one person that called the idiot the young core in Miami fucking idiots. A lot of people. Name every one. single Trailblazers fan, every single, um, uh, the, uh, every single analyst from the ringer who said that the Heat's package for Dame was the worst package for a trade in league history. Well, I mean, the Blazers got a really good package. Oh, did they? Tell me yes. how that's faring this year. Tell me Aiden how. Tell me how good. Aiden's doing. Um, tell me how Scott Henderson's doing. Um, Scott is rookie of the year. Scott's rookie of the year. Scott's rookie of the year. Okay. Uh, tell me how. Tell me how the Brogdon. Tra- how, how's Time Lord's uh, trade value right now? The Celtics pulled an Isaiah Thomas on that one. Dude, it's just never. I'm not even going to get into all that. Okay, I am just vastly impressed with how the Heat have blocked out the noise from this offseason. Um, what was one of the most like, difficult offseasons for a core to deal with in the history of basketball, considering all the narratives that were going on, yeah, all the pretty pressures. much almost every player on the roster was put in a trade. Oh, 100%. I'm looking at Duncan Robinson, who is a potential most improved player candidate. Not even until he is the most improved player candidate. I'm looking at Tyler Hero, who, if not for having that injury stretch, I would say would be getting all-star buzz. He's literally averaging 25 points a game, which is crazy. Um, Pretty good. Yeah. Jaime Hawkins Jr., bona fide third-best rookie in the league. Everyone agrees. There's, not, you, there's literally no one that would tell you otherwise. And if they do, you should stop talking to them because they're probably mentally ill. Um, and I just am so impressed by how they manage night in and night out to compete and put themselves in positions to win games despite the injuries. I'm like, Jimmy has missed eight games. Caleb has missed 10 games. Bam has missed 10 games. Tyler Hero has missed 18 games. And last night against the Warriors was a massive testament to that. Um, no Jimmy, no Lowry. No Josh Richardson, no Caleb Martin, but guys like Jamal Cain, RJ Hampton, Nikola Jovic, Jaime Hakez stepped up. Oh, they played Jovic last night? Yeah. Oh, he, dude, he played really well. He was four or five from the field, played really good defense, played a lot of point guard, actually, which was awesome to see. And Jimmy Butler and Lowry were on the bench just loving it. But, yeah, they had, they had Curry in jail. 
He shot it horribly. There's a picture of Kyle, of uh, Clay Thompson and Curry after the loss, just sitting there, devastated, and just in shock at how the Heat just just put a masterclass on their heads. Um, but yeah, it's just been flat out impressive to watch this Heat team play. Do you have any thoughts on that? They have wowed me. Wow, wow. That's all I got. Four game win streak, by the way. Uh, I mean, yeah, people count them out every year. They continue to not be bad, and they continue to play well. I am not that surprised. You know, we've gone a little long here. Let's say, uh, let's say we get into Tweet of the Week and then call it. Uh, okay, rapid-fire wows. Clippers post Harden. Uh, Clippers, Daniel Tice, 14-5. Wow. That's wow. Biggest X factor. PG played 28 out of 30 games. Kawhi has played 27 out of 30 games. That's a wow. wow. That's, that just was a wow for Kawhi. Shout out to Kawhi. Uh, the Bucks are the third best team in the league, but they're 20th in defense. Will their defense improve come playoff time, or is this what causes an early exit for them? Yes or no? Uh, yes, it will. I also have the Bucks defense as a worry, by the way. By the way. Uh, will what, their defense improve, yes or no? Oh, no, it will not. What will improve by them? I don't know. What are they going to change? What, what could they change? I don't know. Um, That's why I asked it. One of my worries also, my last worry, everything else is covered. Uh, wet bananas and the Spurs, why won't they pass him the ball? I don't know. Why don't his teammates like him? They're trying. Why, why is Popovich treating this season as a troll year? I know why. So his second contract isn't a max. Uh, and then once they sign him for like $20 million a year, then they unleash him. This is just the first time that I have ever seen a coach abuse his job safety so much so that every single night is just a, hey, guys, how about we try this? It's every single night. Yeah, he, I mean, I don't want to say he's over the hill, but he could be. No, he's not over the hill. He, he knows what he's doing. It's just he, he doesn't want to win this year. Um, and also, it's funny because them having wet bananas means – Every to clarify, he's talking about Wembenyama. If you're not, if you're confused here, every single off season they'll have guys that'll want to play with wet bananas because he's just such a great guy to play with. Um, he's such a weapon to have, especially if you'd like to pass the ball. Um, but yeah, literally just having what if him. You like to score the ball. <laughs> if you like to score the ball, that is good to have wet bananas on your team. Dude, floor he's a threat. Spacer. He's a floor pacer and a threat um, and the dunker spot, but. Yeah, them, if, okay, I say must-keeps on this team. Vassell, Wet Bananas, and I'm Trey. not Trey Jones. He's, you can get him and a lot of guys. Tyus Jones you can get to replace him. You can get Tyus Jones to replace him. Um, Sohan wouldn't say you, you need to keep. But like, I don't think Wet, Bana- Wet Bananas would say Wet Sohan Bananas is, does not like Sohan. Last thing I'm going to say about the Spurs, um, the other night they were on a three-on-one fast break. Sohan, Wet Bananas, Trey Jones. Sohan has the ball on the, um, on the right channel. Wet Bananas down the middle. The what? Like the right slot, like that channel. Okay, it's not a channel, it's a slot. Say basketball terms. Okay. Right channel. <laughs> the fuck are you? Okay, Trey Jones in the corner. It is a very small defender um, in their way. And who does Sohan throw it to? Not the seven four, seven five wet bananas, but no, he dishes it to Trey Jones in the corner for three, and he misses it. That's a testament to the uh, the uh, Spurs season. All right, tweet 
of the week. Would you like to go first or shall I go first? You got it. All righty. Um, well, with my tweet of the week, we are going to take it right to last night's Miami Heat win over the Golden State Warriors. Say it. One second. This one comes from Clay Thompson's burner. Heat got like six dudes in their rotation tonight that I have literally never heard of in my entire life. Why the hell are we down double digits right now? LMAO. So much heat bias in this podcast. It's crazy. What, on this episode? Yeah, on this one. We've had to take a break. i got to get some more in in a small period of time. All right, I got one. Please tell me. From Underdog NBA. Lineup alert. Jay Sean Tate will remain starting lineup Friday. Who cares? That's your tweet of the week. That's my tweet of the week. Awesome. Oh, by the way, another one. Um, Jason Tatum tonight, 31 points, 11 of 31 from the field, 2 for 11 from 3, 4 turnovers. And someone quote tweeted it with a video. How to look busy at work, colon, walk fast around the office. Nah. That's going to do it. Thank you all for listening. So, like, yeah, that'll be – that's the pod. All right. And, and Robin Lopez. that's all for today. See ya. Hey, did you know in the last minute of the Bucks and Nets game that – then I said Santiscumbo sub for Giannis and Brook for Robin and then Giannis was like, make a rule, brothers for brothers sub. Yeah. It's par for the court podcast.